0: The start on demand. on demand. Hey, it's Brett. It's the Friday edition of the podcast for the start with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And today we are going to discuss a St. Boniface business that put up a sign that read, Children Left Here will be eaten. We're also going to talk about Kevin Hart. He was in as host of the Oscars, and now he's out. He stepped down after homophobic tweets from his past resurfaced. We'll find out what he had to say about the whole thing, and then we will talk about at what point is our past our past. 2018, soon coming to a close, we're going to speak to Twitter Canada about the year in review, as seen through the eyes of Twitter. State of the province was yesterday. Premier Brian Pallister outlining some plans to try to give Manitoba's economy a boost. We'll get reaction from the Winnipeg, chamber of commerce elvis has made his way into germany in a rather unique way and as a result greg's interesting impression of elvis made its way into our show and finally we're going to speak with travel zoo yet another organization that seems to be lining up to pat manitoba on the back and invite travelers from around the world to visit our great province We want to start this half hour with what Jeff Braun just had at the end of Global News at 6.30, and that has to do with Kevin Hart. Now, before we get into what's going on with uh, him stepping down and why he's stepping down, Mackling, you like Kevin Hart? I like Kevin Hart a lot. I think he's a very funny guy. He, As most
1: comedians do the in this day and age, he dances around the line of appropriate and inappropriate, and I'm quite comfortable with it. Yeah, what do you think of Kevin Hart?
2: Um, I had no opinion on Kevin Hart. And I kind of am wrestling with my opinion now as I came in this morning to the news that he had stepped down as Oscar host or was forced to step down um, based on some homophobic tweets he's made in the past. And they are and they're statements I didn't know he had made. And so when I have read a couple of things, I thought, oh, like I get it. He is a comedian and his job is to make people laugh and push that envelope. But some of it is just downright was offensive yeah. or is offensive. Sorry, I'm saying using was because they're statements from eight or nine years ago. So it's a lot of questions about, like, do I stay offended after all this time? And can you apologize and move on from things? Yeah. But I I didn't know that side of him.
0: Yeah. So Kevin Hart, uh, what happened yesterday is he posted a video on his Instagram where he's talking about how these tweets came out because the editor of The Guardian dug out some of his old tweets saying I wonder I wonder when Kevin Hart's going to delete these old tweets and he had mm-hmm. four screen grabs of tweets from like in the 2007, 2008, 2009 range where uh, very homophobic tweets as Loren pointed out they were quite offensive in the language and uh, he well let's just play the full video from Instagram where he said you know what I'm not going to apologize.
3: So I just got a call from the academy and um, that call basically said Kevin apologize for your tweets of old or we're gonna have to move on and find another host. Talking about the tweets from 2009, 2010. I chose to pass, I passed on the apology. The reason why I passed is because I've addressed this several times. This is not the first time this has come up, I've addressed it. I've spoken on it, I've said where the rights and wrongs were, I've said who I am now versus who I was then, I've done it, I've done it. I'm not gonna to continue to go back and, and tap into the days of old when I moved on and I'm in a completely different space in my life. The same energy that went into finding those old tweets could be the same energy put into finding the response to the questions that have been asked years after years after years. We feed in the Internet trolls and we reward them. I'm not going to do it, man. I'm going to be me. I'm going to stay on my ground. Regardless Academy, I'm thankful and appreciative of the opportunity. If it goes away, no harm, no foul.
0: So almost a defiant attitude there. But at the same time, acknowledging his mistakes of the past and saying, "Look, I've already done this. I've already dug this up and addressed it. And if you don't, if you don't believe that I, you know, in the the apologies I've already issued, then what are you? What's your problem?"
4: Well, Except- apparently,
2: one of his stand-up acts in the past, like from twenty nine, two thousand nine or two thousand ten, was about the idea, and 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 using it to push that funny envelope. And I'm using quotations here. Was about the idea that. Um, one of his biggest fears, quote, was his kids would end right. up being gay. Right. And he's gone on to tweet. He, one of the tweets was about if his son was playing with a dollhouse, he would hit him over the head with it. And, and so, yeah, they're from 2009 and 2011. And, yes, his job is to be funny and try to be pushing that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know.
0: So then so he posts that video where he says, I'm not going to apologize. But then he goes on Twitter <laughs> at 11 o'clock last night, which was probably uh, 1 o'clock our time, And uh, he says, I have made the choice to step down from hosting this year's Oscars. This is because I do not want to be a distraction on a night that should be celebrated by so many amazing, talented artists. I sincerely apologize to the LGBTQ community for my insensitive words from my past. He goes on to say, I'm sorry that I hurt people. I am evolving and want to continue to do so. My goal is to bring people together, not tear us apart. Much love and appreciation to the Academy. I hope we can meet again. So, first of all, I I like Kevin Hart. I, I I'm a little scratching my head all the time. We just got a text message from Darren saying, "On Kevin Hart, uh, funny how all these recent years he was good enough to be a host. Is this what we have to look forward to in entertainment? Like I I like Kevin Hart, but I don't love Kevin Hart. I did go see his show at Bell MTS Place a few months back, and he's not so much a comedian. He's like he doesn't. He's not a joke telling comedian. He and his material on paper isn't that funny it's his presentation mm-hmm. cuz he's such the, he's a that tiny voice, little man too. his
2: voice is like really you just tell got, stories it's almost irritating to you. like he's got that voice that like really kind of grates but in a if it's a, if he's saying something that makes it funnier I.
0: yeah I, well i i think one of the words he one of the the phrases that he kept going back to referring to these uh, tourists uh, I think was we're so excited. I can't even I can't even get to that pitch. Yeah. So he really plays that up and indeed it's his presentation and I he kind of turned me around after seeing his live show because I I had been wondering like what is the deal? Why is Kevin Hart in everything? He's the it guy right now.
1: I've I've heard him interviewed several times and uh, you guys both know I'm a big fan of Howard Stern and I heard him interviewed on Howard Stern and where you can talk about things that if Kevin Hart was here today, we wouldn't be able to speak to him about because of the nature of the medium. And that's another part of this, right? Is that that's that's the line that you're dancing around as well, because now you've got HBO, now you've got Netflix. And so these things that used to only take place in the theater on the stage are now broadcast on Netflix, on HBO, the language that these stars use in their presentations are now out in the public. I just went to see, um, call not for uh, Craig Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And the first thing he said, put your phone away Tonight is about tonight. I don't need you guys putting out video of what I have to say to you tonight. This is about us hanging out. If I want to put out the video, I'll put out the video. What I have to say could offend some people. You've you're here by choice. This is this is an intimate gathering and he was he was really serious right. about and if you came it and here I respected like, that. Yeah,
2: I I appreciate that and I I do appreciate Kevin Hart's point that somebody went to the lengths of pulling out these old tweets to attack him, except for that he put them out in the public space. It's not the same thing as someone stereotypically recording him at a party and then being like, well, hang on. I was with my friends and I was drinking and it wasn't funny. But, you know, he he publicly made these statements. He's made it part of his routine or his comedy act. And so not not fully, like it's not
1: all who he is. And, and if he says he's not homophobic, then that's what he thinks. Well, you can't tell me. You can't tell me there's not a parent anywhere that hasn't had that conversation about what you would do and what your reaction would be if, if your child came home and told them that they were homosexual. Every parent's had that conversation. For
2: sure. For sure you have. I don't know
1: how many people have expressed what Kevin Hart did in terms of what his reaction would be, but as a comedian, his job is to exaggerate to make a point and whether or not he really feels that. And so the what's the bigger deal? Is that he would smash a dollhouse over his child's head? And abuse his child yeah. like that or, or be that would, mad that so clearly with he's a not go, clearly he's not going to do that yes. then we have a way bigger issue about who Kevin Hart really is not about him being homophobic it's the fact that he would break a toy over his kid's head I think we should be more outraged than that and I think most of us look at it and go well I don't really believe he's going to do that so why do we why do we choose to cling on to the fact well he must be homophobic if he made that joke why must he not be a child
0: abuser Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB, and we are talking about Kevin Hart, who has stepped down from his Oscars hosting gig after some of his old tweets from around 2009-2010 resurfaced. Homophobic tweets. He went on Instagram last night and said, I'm not going to apologize. I've already apologized for this. I'm going to be who I am. If you don't believe that I've evolved as a human being, that's on you. But then he ended up going on Twitter and apologizing for his old tweets, but he still has stepped down from the hosting gig. So we are going to talk now about when is the past... The past. Jeff Braun is here. Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Forte is here. And Greg Mackling, you, uh, I think one of our listeners made a reference to Eddie Murphy.
1: Yeah, an outstanding point. You know, if you have a parent or an aunt or an uncle who thinks that Eddie Murphy is just adorable as the donkey in Shrek, sit down and watch Delirious. (laughs) With that anti or uncle, the Mr. T-bit. Or, or yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly the bit I was thinking about. So, Mike, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Look, people do evol- evolve; people do change, and some of these beliefs and and these views are shared very, very publicly more than just on a on a Twitter po- Twitter post. I, I just. Where is the line? Because I really do think it's stopping quality people from running in politics. I think it's stopping a lot of people from being in the public eye, from being more free with their thoughts. And they just retreat and go, you know what? I don't need the hassle.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. I I wouldn't be able to. Nobody would. Yeah, I do that, wanna...
2: that, that nobody would. We'd Is all be good... in
5: jail if they had Twitter in the 80s well, and 90s. That's, <laughs> that's, just, that's
2: just it. Like, if we had had a forum to post all our thoughts publicly, if could if there was a cell phone at every single university party or whatever, oh, from, yeah. right? Like, all oh, the things yeah. that you think about, and I'm not talking bad or criminal things, I'm just talking... Average things things. and embarrassing things.
5: Chris Rock's host of the Oscars twice. Right. And you have to pay to watch him use the N-word excessively in his most famous bit. So I don't understand this at all.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm not sure that in this day and age, people are all, I think most people are trying to be better, trying to evolve. Kevin Hart says he's evolved and changed as a human being, doesn't share the views that he once shared. So is it right to... Shame him for something he said 10 years ago. I mean, I know that I've changed all kinds of views in the last 20 years, even mm-hmm. the last 10, last five years.
2: And the fact that he's has already apologized, apologized for those statements. Now, I feel like he stands by a certain number of them, but he has apologized for offending anybody. And so then how many times do you say, I'm sorry, before people can move on? Or are you, if you're the offended party, do you want to hear, I'm sorry for the rest of your life? Like I don't know.
1: Hey, Kelly, even the bank forgives you after seven years, (laughs) right? When you've done some bad things with money. After seven years, you can apply for a mortgage, right? So there is a statute of limitations on this
6: stuff. Are we going too far digging back too deep on this stuff? Well, and I know earlier this year, and again, I don't know if it's comparable to the Kevin Hart issue, uh, but I I remember the two baseball players. There was the one kid that flirted with the no-hitter for Washington, and then there was uh, Josh Hader, I think, uh, from Milwaukee, you know, after pitching in the All-Star game. And all of a sudden, coincidental timing these past tweets show up like who are these trolls that are going way way back to try to find dirt on people and then use the most opportune time to bring this up Well, in in some people that's cowardly
2: in some cases, it's someone's job to do that. Like in in terms of uh, in politics, they'll have whole teams yeah. like, you know, and and then they'll get information and they'll decide. And I'm not just basing this on the house of cards or anything. And then they'll get information and decide whether or not they're going to use it to bring that person down or not. Right. At this point,
5: it's almost like like if you're. The Toronto Blue Jays, and you hired Joe Smith to be a pitcher. Yeah. An hour before you announce to the world that you've hired Joe Smith to be a pitcher, somebody in your PR team right. goes through
1: his Twitter account
5: exactly. from
6: yes, and toes to top the top of the
1: head and just deletes what's unnecessary. You know, yeah. as I'm sitting here, though, I'm thinking about the Brett Kavanaugh thing. And I know that I was bothered by the allegations that were launched against him from 30 years mm-hmm. ago. Now there's a big difference between hosting the Oscars and being on the Supreme Court of the United States. I think there's a little bit of a different standard there. There's also
2: a big difference about being hurt by words and actually potentially having physically harmed. Right. And, yes. just, yeah, and an once
1: again, just thinking as we're having an honest conversation, that's what's th- coming through my head. Am I being a hypocrite here? Because I was, I was bothered by the allegations that came yeah, forward but, about Kavanaugh, but not seven years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. The,
2: are you talking about statues of limitations on the the crime, so to speak, or just on the apology, because that's also different too. One admitted, one didn't. Kevin Hart's come on saying, "Yeah, I said those things. It's on Twitter.
6: Yeah. I'm sorry." Move Brett on. Kavanaugh still saying that none of this happened. Right. right. Yeah.
5: I think in two weeks they announced that Kevin Hart will still host the Oscars. Really yeah. bold prediction. I like yeah.
1: that. 4G, you got something to say on this? I, you
2: know, I think Kevin's apologized. I think it should be in the past by now. Like, why? Why does he have to keep apologizing for it? it's, it's done.
5: He's in the past. It's happened. He's apologized for it. I think we should move on.
1: Do we need a mountain of apologies? Like, uh, yeah. go to Mount Apology. Oh, yeah, there. He posted <laughs> it there. And-, and
2: also, what's interesting, so I might be getting this wrong. Did they ask him to apologize or ask him to delete the
6: Tweets. Who, the Oscar The committee? Oscar committee. That, they asked him to apologize, okay. is what I understand. The and tweets and then, have already been deleted. Yeah, and then when he refused to apologize, that's when they said, okay, Sorry. well, then... I just wanted
2: to make sure, because yeah. just asking someone to delete something yeah. is like, well, you still think that way, right?
0: I don't think
6: it's him stepping down. I think it's the Oscar uh, Academy have said, no, we're going to move on and find another host. Isn't that uh, how this is playing out? Well,
0: he, in his words, he says he stepped down. Oh, uh, I okay. think, they, But it sounds like they, they they said, you got to apologize for for this, so as a result, he said, "Well, I'm, you know what, I'm just going to back off." Oh, then. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. But so he he decided to to turn it down, and then he went on to apologize anyway. As you pointed out, Jeff, maybe to open the door for down a couple of weeks yeah. down the road, they say, you know what. All is forgiven. Let's move on. And it could make for an injury, like, it, as far as ratings go, if they stick with Kevin Hart. What if you read his <clears throat> tweets on the Oscars? Yeah. You know, you know he's going to incorporate something like that <laughs> oh. into his monologue. So I think it would actually be very smart from a business perspective to keep him in the show. Uh, and another thing that I just hate about this kind of thing where stuff is dug up from the past, then you get... In this case, this this seems like a sincere apology, but how many stock apologies have we heard from celebrities, I'm sorry for offending whoever, Mm -hmm. for things I did in the past, I've changed as a person... And, uh, you can and,
6: almost have a template
1: now. Yeah, yeah. I think
0: there's a website where you can actually download.
6: The <laughs> what do you want? Do you want a world
2: where people don't go on and say anything honest anymore for the fear of just having to go out and apologize, or do you want that open dialogue? And then later in life, might learn, yeah, I did say those things in X year, yeah, like, and I'm now an adult or a mom or I've learned or because I'm a wife, blah blah blah. Right? Like, what, what are we asking for then? Well, how many marriages? sanitized... How,
1: when you're dating. There's a lot of times you establish a ground. So, how far back do you like really want to know about my past? A lot of people will have that line like, I don't need to know everything. In fact, I don't really want to want to know everything about your past. So, we negotiate these things all the time.
0: Yeah, I always, uh, I always need to know the number.
1: <laughs> <That's not right. laughs> To know
0: the I, I have to know! No. I'm too curious! Oh, I have to well, know! And you
2: think you're getting an honest answer anyway? Oh, uh, yeah? You I, think
0: so? Yeah, isn't
1: there a rule multiply
0: it's by three and
2: for always, a
1: woman and divide
5: yes. by three for a guy? There's always
1: a forgotten one because, the because they've chosen to forget rule. Same rule when
5: you tell the cop that pulled you over how many drinks you had that night. <laughs> <No.
1: laughs> same equation.
6: <laughs> tell <not> the number.
5: <laughs>
0: Right now, we want to start this hour with a maze in snow. The headline reads, Corn Maze Business Hoping to Break Guinness World Record. Clint Mass is the man behind a maze in corn, and now, I guess, a maze in snow. He joins us now live on CJOB. Clint, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, everyone. So, the maze. How much work has been done so far in this snow maze?
4: Well, right now, uh, we're at the point where I think we're about two-thirds, maybe a little more, about we're making snow. And the reason we're making the snow is it stands up in the forms way better than uh, Mother Nature's snow. It's far denser. And I think we're about two-thirds of the way, maybe, no, probably at the halfway point for building the forms. And so that's kind of where we're at. And we have to build this gigantic base so that, this, so that we don't sit right on the dirt of the cornfield. Otherwise, actually, the heat from the cornfield comes up and kind of melts the base of the walls. So that's where we're at.
2: Well, tell us about the measurements we're looking for here. You've, of course, got years of experience building mazes with the cornfield that you just mentioned. But now you're doing this with snow. How big are you looking to get to break this record?
4: Well, we've got, I think the number we've got is about, we need to make 4,200 feet of walls. So, I mean, in a mile going Imperial, it's like 5,280 feet in a mile. So we're not quite a mile, but... Uh, Like I said on a different interview, it's about from our place all the way to town, like to the town of St. Adolphe. That's how much wall we have to form up. So it's going to be a marathon of putting snow into these plywood forms.
1: I think it's a great idea, Clint. Where did you get it?
4: You know, it's actually one of my uh, staff members uh, that uh, helps us with the Haunted Forest. He's from Thunder Bay, and he said, uh, Clint, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, let me see what you got there. And it was Thunder Bay in 2015 had the Guinness World Book of Records for the largest snow maze. And I'm like, you know, it's all going to be a crap ton of work, but I think we can get her done. <laughs> so, that's, so that's who we went for. And uh, I hope we're going to have the stamina to get this thing done. Where are you putting it? Um, it's going to be right in the corn maze field um, because it's much more condensed than the corn maze would be because our corn maze has 20-foot has walls. So these are 10 times narrower walls. So you actually put uh, approximately the same amount of paths in a very much more condensed area. So it's gonna, we're going to tuck it in as close as we can. That's being winter. And we've got a few more things. We've got a giant slide that goes off one of the zipline towers as well. So that's going to be part of the action. Uh, we also have the Clydesdales that uh, people are familiar with. So we're going to do sleighs instead of the wheels, of course, as long as Mother Nature gives us some snow. And uh, we've got kind of a Lego block set up. So we're going to make a bunch of uh, one-foot-by-one-foot blocks so that if kids just want to come and play and make those snow forts that are so familiar in all the schoolyards, we're going to have a whole section for that. And uh, right now we're making this giant just pile of snow because kids know what to do with piles of snow.
2: Well, I was going to ask is this really more about embracing winter and business things that you can do in winter? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, we have way more cold in this province than we do warm, and so why not create something that we can get out and enjoy that I really think everybody in the family would be able to like this.
4: Yeah, and we I think our original offering was we wanted to, we had this this dream of making this luge run from tower to zip line tower, and then one of my friends says, "You know what? that's so adrenaline packed, it's too narrow, you know, so widen it out and uh, let everyone come out and enjoy. And so I think just what you're saying, you know, the corn maze is for everyone. This big snow maze is for everyone. And then we've got these little pieces that uh, people can kind of do. If, if they're adrenaline junkies go on this big slide, if you're not, you know, make some block forts with the kids.
0: What's this costing you to make?
4: Oh, that's the scary part. Uh, Like, Just the variable costs this year, forget the investment in the snow equipment, we're at about, I budget around $50,000.
0: And when are you hoping to have it done?
4: Well, hope is that like 27th of December. Realistically, we're kind of edging more into January, like second, third, something like that. I can't predict because once we start putting snow into those plywood forms, we can say how many feet we're doing per day. Our goal is 200 feet per day, but uh, hopefully we get past that. Hard to know.
1: I love your attitude. 21 years in the business. I can remember the first time I saw one of your signs 21 years ago and thought, what a heck of uh, of an idea. And I think exactly the same thing about this snow maze. Clint, thanks for this. We appreciate it. Best of luck. Keep us informed on how things are
0: going. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Clint Mass is from a maze in corn and now going to be a maze in snow. They're trying to break a Guinness world record. Sounds like a wild time. Macklin McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB. And Greg, I think the sign's funny.
1: I think it's fantastic myself, but I'll just present the story right now, and then we'll talk about it. A St. Boniface business owner who put up a sign saying this is not a drop-off zone. Children left here will be eaten has now apologized. Jean-Pierre Parentis Run uh, runs a translation services business next to a school off Des Desmurons in English and tells CGOB he thought the no parking sign would simply be a funny way to urge parents to stop using his parking lot as a place to drop off
4: and pick up their kids. It's about trespassing on my property. And number two, it's a for, and most importantly, it's for the safety of the kids. We see that the kids are being endangered by this practice. So again, the sign read, this is not a drop-off
1: zone. Children left here will be eaten. And he apparently got some complaints about it. Or one complaint about the it. the
4: school division, I want to apologize that I may have offended anybody. Secondly... To the lady, to the one parent that complained, I'm sorry, and I apologize to her, and I offer, I will personally pay for any counseling she needs to get over this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that, Jean-Pierre, very good,
4: and we've had
1: dozens of Twitter responses to this, and I'll give out a shout to my bro who said... Um, interesting, what would this woman have to have been doing in order to have seen this sign in the first place? Ah! Aha. Uh-huh. She would have to been on the private property doing exactly the thing she shouldn't have been doing in the first place. And how often is that the case?
2: Another great comment from a listener was the point that... Um that the that the, the would you rather it be a factual statement like your kid could be run over Correct. if dropped off here would you be offended by that? i mean your kid could die and full stop but we won't put the facts out we'll just joke around about it but now we're offended by that like i i don't know i like the school division got involved and the superintendent weighed in and this business owner is now having to say sorry but i hope he's not really sorry
0: Sorry, not story? Sorry, but not, sorry, but not story. Hashtag, yeah. sorry, not story? I don't know. Question of the day at cjob.com, which is brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness, 204-832-6243. What do you think of a sign posted by a St. Boniface business that reads, children left here will be eaten? And so far, 89% say, make. pardon me, make that 90% say, it's funny. Lighten up while ten percent say i'm outraged. Meanwhile, we have that same poll on Twitter where three percent say i'm outraged ninety seven percent say it's funny, lighten up and then we also have it on Facebook and on instagram, and it's pretty much the uh, the same uh, results on both of those uh, on Facebook. Uh, just pulling that up here ah, i can't quite get the 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 answers to oh sorry of the two hundred and eight votes. Four of them say I'm outraged now,
1: Loren. You mentioned Hansel and Gretel earlier this morning with regard to nursery rhymes right. that scare kids into doing the right thing, or you will be eaten. And Little Red Riding Hood, the exact same threat exists within that nursery rhyme. And so, come on, let, let's seriously. <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're more amused by the reaction. Of the business owner than taking up the cause for the woman who, you know, who is offended by this.
2: Well, I, look, look, I would like I have, we haven't heard from her. So does she have a bigger point here beyond just being like you maybe shouldn't do that to scare kids? Like, I don't know. And, and if the kids the kids aren't the one he's trying to scare, it's the parents like the kids are just being dropped off by their parents. But we talk about this all the time. Those school zone areas. Are so dangerous. Like, um, we're all just pretending like it doesn't apply to us. The rules of don't park here. Don't do this. Shove your kid out the door. Oh, look at that parent up there being so dangerous when you're doing the same thing. Like, that's the bigger story is that that it's dangerous the way we operate in and around schools.
1: The rules apply to everyone else but me. And I think that's the mentality that we need to address and overcome here.
0: You can weigh in on all of our social media. We'd love for you to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or on Instagram as well. And, of course, you can follow all of us on the various social media at Brett McGarry on Twitter and Instagram at GMACWPG. For Greg on both, McNabb is a little bit different. On Twitter, it's McNabb on Global. But on Instagram, it's McNab on CJOB because you don't want to lose that checkmark on Twitter. Like to
2: keep things difficult for people.
0: Ah, if you type in McNab, you'll find yeah. it. 756 on Six Bs. Six Bs. There's
2: six Bs. McNab, I think that's what you did there. Six Bs. So <laughs> thank you. I like it.
0: Mackling McGarry McNab on 680 CJOB. In our next segment, tips on how to... Do some fitness damage control, as I like to put it, as we go through the holiday season. Our Christmas party is tonight. That
2: is a good way to put it. Put it. Damage control.
0: Yeah. Probably not the way that uh, that our guests no, would like, no. to, like us to put it. <laughs> right.
2: I'm going to go and binge and then
0: yeah. go into damage control. Yeah, like I'm doing some house sitting the week of December 21st to 28th and I've already mapped out uh, how many pizzas I'm going to eat that week. <laughs> Based on what, their geography? Because they're close to one of your favorite pizza places, or what? Uh, some yes, and some just because it's, you know...
2: You're not going to cook in their house, or you don't feel like it, or that kind of thing.
0: I just, yeah, i have too lazy, don't feel like it? Too lazy to cook. <laughs> so I'm going to just eat pizza, I'm going to buy a gigantic 17-inch pizza that'll feed me for four days, hmm. and then once that runs out I will... Uh, Buy another 17 inch pizza? Yeah, you gotta restock. You know. <laughs> <I like it. laughs> but that's gonna cause some damage. So I need damage control. And then at 9 36, we are going to speak to Travel Zoo, which has added Manitoba, named Manitoba one of the best bets for global travel in 2019. Wanna spend a couple of minutes here quickly. 2018 year in review for Greg, your your fate your addiction, really. It really is my addiction.
1: The uh, top trending, some of the most used hashtags of 2018, and um, some of these resonate with me. Others get my ire, you know. Like uh, the number four on, on the list, "Go Habs, Go." Uh-huh. Oh, I mean, God. that doesn't that doesn't anger me. So much as make me, you know, understand that the, the Jets are not the most popular well, team in the NHL. That's
2: the interesting part, because when you look at trends on Twitter for Winnipeg, obviously the Jets is number one for that's the year. Right. And then doesn't rate even in the top five, I don't think, for all of
1: Canada. So that's fascinating. Oh, well, they were number six. They were the number six. I said top five. Yeah, so
2: there But you I go. just mean, like, Montreal didn't go anywhere. The Leafs didn't go anywhere. The Jets went so
0: far yeah and it only matters if it's in the top five right but hey let's talk to cameron gordon who is head of communications at twitter canada joining us live on 680 cjob mr gordon good morning to you sir
7: hi guys how are you and uh, just before you get started i, I do have a, a little silver lining with the jets uh, a bonus piece of data for you here uh, patrick Lanay, he was actually the most mentioned nhl player on twitter for the month of november of 2018 so there's yes. a bonus Matt, for you about the Jets so. there is
1: justice after all after uh Bruce Arthur yesterday suggested that Austin Matthews was the best pure goal scorer in the National Hockey League I can hang that over him thanks for doing this we appreciate the time and the, these these charts and these trends are always fascinating to to take a look at and to, and to look back so the Jets actually did do fairly well in terms of professional sports teams
7: yeah, absolutely. I mean, in in the years that we've been tracking this, which has been the last several years, as you can imagine, uh, 2018 by far had the most mentions and, and basically the most conversation overall about the Jets with their playoff run. Um, last spring, it also helps a lot of the key Jets players are on Twitter and quite active, whether it's Blake Wheeler or, or Lanay or, uh, you know, the goalie's on it, you know, all sorts of people are on it. And when the players jump into the conversation as well, that definitely helps. You may have seen we've started a new campaign called Hockey Twitter that actually triggers a new hashtag to try to collect all these conversations um, that people are having on Twitter about hockey, and not just at the NHL level. I mean, obviously the Moose and minor hockey and women's hockey and overseas. Um, In Canada, it's such a big part of the conversation every year, and this year was no different.
0: Just looking at the list of the most mentioned Twitter accounts of 2018, no surprise that at real Donald Trump was number two on the list. But number one, known by millions of people around the world, but maybe not, maybe known by, not known by lots of people as well, BTS underscore TWT for the uninitiated. What's that?
7: Yeah, so um, 2018 on Twitter was the year of K-pop. And for those of your listeners who don't know, this is pop generally originated out of Korea. Um, There's a number of massive worldwide superstars in this genre of music, uh, BTS being right at the top of the pack. And yeah, in Canada for 2018, the most mentioned, to your point, was not Donald Trump, was not Justin Trudeau, was not the Winnipeg Jets, was not the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was BTS, a a K-pop band. Out of Seoul, um, I know when they came to Southern Ontario, they played three nights at the, the arena in Hamilton about an hour outside of Toronto. Those days had the highest traffic of any activity for Canadian mentions on, on the platform this year. That, that's the level of fandom that these guys have. And Canada wasn't the only country where these guys were number one. There were many, many countries, including the United States, where they were the most mentioned account of the year, which is pretty <laughs> staggering.
2: I wow. actually had to go looking to see who they were yesterday when we got this list. I was confused as to who BTS was. But it's interesting to me, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, and I'm curious, how, what is the correlation between uh, someone or something or a topic getting a lot of mentions or retweets or likes uh, with that person just also being really active on Twitter themselves?
7: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it really depends on the personality and the content they're putting out. So with an account like BTS and something like K-pop, you're going to get a lot of shares and a lot of replies just because there's so many millions and millions of fans around the world. And if you look at any tweet that that account, BTS underscore TWT, has put out, you'll just see it's adoration from fans. Now, on the flip side, if you're a politician who might be a bit controversial, you know, not naming any names, um, you know, you'll get a lot of replies as well on both sides of the equation. And, you know, we see this out of the U.S., and we're starting to see it a lot more in Canada, and especially, you know, as we head into an election year and obviously a lot of elections in 2018, including right there in Winnipeg, um, you know, that's really it's these big topics in the news cycle that really spurn the conversation and it's those key personalities in those debates, um, you know, as we saw this year with Brian Bowman up for re-election and, and successfully being reelected in Winnipeg. You'll see a lot of conversations swirl around these individuals.
1: It's interesting that you mentioned Brian Bowman, because that's where I wanted to go next. The fact that we consider him sort of the the Twitter king of Winnipeg to a certain extent, but he doesn't even break the top five in terms of the most mentioned Canadian mayors that are uh, currently sitting in office.
7: Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, in this country, we certainly have a real robust cross-section of mayors who are great on Twitter and uh, I've I've been with Twitter for about four years and at the political level having been through so many election cycles including the last federal one and again another one coming up next year I I really think in a lot of ways like Twitter might be well most well situated to local politics just because it's so conversational and you know if you're tweeting at your local city councillor or even tweeting at the mayor of a city the size of Winnipeg You know, you might get some engagement there and you can really be part of the conversation at a real grassroots level. Um, So, yeah, Brian Bowman's a master, but a lot of the mayors in the major Canadian cities are masters. And then, you know, we did also have a bit of an outlier in terms of mayors this year with uh, here in Ontario with Patrick Brown being elected mayor of Brampton. And he automatically shot to number two on the list uh, once he was elected when you looked at the numbers.
0: And in terms of Winnipeg, what was the most liked tweet in 2018 as it that mentioned Winnipeg?
7: Yeah, it's interesting. So we, we did this activity with most of the major cities across Canada, and in general, you know, whether it was in Calgary or in Edmonton or Ottawa or Toronto, a lot of the most liked tweets had to do with a touring musician who happened to be play that city and had a lot of fans worldwide, so... Uh, not to circle back to K-pop, we had another K-pop band called Got7 who played in Toronto. It was one of their members sent a shout-out to the crowd in Toronto. That was the most liked tweet of the year that mentioned Toronto. In Ottawa, it was a tweet sent by Sean Mendez. But in Winnipeg, it was actually one, um, and I don't know if you guys could maybe share this from your handle because it's a bit hard to describe without seeing it, but it was just kind of a fun tweet that, you know, a, a I wouldn't say an everyday user, but someone with a fairly small following tweeted a little video about curling Um, The riots
1: in the back lane And knocking over the garbage can
7: Yeah, there's a garbage can (laughs) That falls over You really have to see it to believe it So listeners, please go search on Twitter Um, But it's one of the great things about Twitter Because this happens sometimes Where the most liked tweet of the year The most retweeted Is something that nobody's expecting It's just something that For whatever reason goes viral Taps into something Quite often it's about humor Like a really poignant thought um, but we love seeing just those everyday users have these huge, huge audiences. And that's interesting because then you see their followings grow. And, you know, sometimes you'll see it where it's everyday tweets and then people will say, "And while you're here, you know, why do you go? I just dropped a mixtape or I have this Etsy store or something. So um, it's, it's interesting. It's the world we live in online now.
0: Yeah, I remember that tweet. Uh, That was from a former colleague of ours, his name, Colin. He once worked in this building, and he's always had such a great sense of humor. And uh, I think he had a couple of follow-up tweets on that. So, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today, Cameron. We very much appreciate it.
7: Of course, anytime. Happy holidays, guys.
0: Cameron Gordon, head of uh, communications at Twitter Canada. i just relieved that Portage and Maine didn't beat out the three top (laughs) tweets
1: in terms of uh, mentions the the May 11th when the Jets... Eliminated Nashville was number one. When the Jets eliminated Minnesota was number two. And when the Jets beat Nashville in game three of the Western Con- Conference Final was number three. Portage and Maine not even mentioned anywhere on any of these lists.
0: I'm just surprised to see that in the Twitter Canada 2018 year in review that uh, it was the year that Brett McGarry finally joined Twitter. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Brett McGarry. Come on. start this hour, Lauren McNabb with another Lauren, so to speak. Don't call you Lauren. No,
2: don't call me Lauren, but he spells Lauren the right way, but we won't get into that. We're talking, of course, about... (laughs) Lauren has spelled my way, in my opinion, and Lauren has spelled his way, but I'll let... He can can weigh in if he feels like it. Uh, We're going to talk to Lauren Remiard because we're talking about the economy and... Premier Brian Pallister saying yesterday it's time to sort of put the attention on Manitoba's economy and a plan, a real actual strategy and plan going forward to sort of help us through this. And so uh, to get more on that strategy and what it might look like, we're joined by Lauren Remiard, president of the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce. Good morning
8: morning and for the record uh, I believe your name spelled always correctly I never get my name spelled correctly so
2: oh that's you know that's fair that might be fair we can we can get into that later so when you were sitting there yesterday Lauren what did you think when you heard him talk about this because it sounds like a big broad sweeping strategy to say look we want to do better for the economy so we're gonna have a, a committee launch and a task force and all the rest but it's a pretty broad statement for something that needs a lot of specifics
8: Well, definitely, we were pleased because for the better part of a quarter of a century, we have not had even the semblance of an economic development strategy, framework, action plan of any kind. So the fact that uh, the Premier took the opportunity at our State of the Province address to unveil that first step in moving in that direction was definitely welcomed. We know there's more details that need to come out, but uh, we took a a big step forward yesterday, and I think uh, the people in the audience walked away feeling that we're moving in the right direction.
1: Yesterday... Yesterday our colleague Jeff Courier suggested we need to specialize in something here in Manitoba. We need to be known for something and Lauren and I each had our take on that. Where do you stand on that, Lauren, in terms of building Manitoba's reputation for
8: fill in the blank? You know, that's an interesting question, even as a chamber we've we've spent a lot of time talking about that. There's some good points raised, though, that today you might say, this is what we need to specialize in. And then six months later, everything has changed. That is the pace of change that is happening today. Even a year ago, who could have foreseen uh, where things were with Bitcoin or, or cannabis? The economy is changing so quickly. So it's not as easy to say, this is definitely where we're going to put all our eggs in this basket or these baskets, Uh, and that's somewhat of the challenge, I think, when it comes to economic development. But fundamentally, what we saw yesterday was a government that said, step one was doing that input, and that was the Dave Angus, Barb Gamey report that really heard from Manitoba saying this is some of the issues. And one of the key findings of that is we really need to address the structure within government and the various economic development agencies have to do that first before we can really move to the action planning stage, which is step three. So definitely uh, the government, they focused in on structure. Uh, we got some good uh, details around that. And uh, the next steps will will play out in the coming months and we'll contribute to those. And But in terms of really identifying where manitoba is going to lead we know we lead in a number of areas ag transportation advanced manufacturing but really the the key is going to be able to help manitoba unlock the emerging sectors that will in short order become calling cards for manitoba
1: well we'd like to do our best on our program and on our, our our radio and television station to to highlight the work that young entrepreneurs are doing and i'm always heartened And I guess Skip the Dishes is the the largest example, but I know there are numerous other examples of organizations that not only started here, but now have the resources to grow here and to stay here long term. Is that sort of the, the next thing that we have to make sure that happens, that you don't have to leave Winnipeg to grow up, so to speak?
8: That, that is definitely what we we're seeing more and more in the, the entrepreneurial community is the people that have a desire to say, I'm building my business in Winnipeg, and I'm going to succeed in Winnipeg. Two years ago, I was at a speech by Bold Commerce in which one of the founders made a, a statement saying, I want to build a billion-dollar company in Winnipeg because I want to show Winnipegers that it can be done. And that's the kind of spirit I think we're seeing more and more in our members and throughout the entire business community. And there's, there's lots of examples of companies like that, 24 7, Neovation. Uh, more and more, and more and more Manitobans, your listeners, are going to start hearing about these companies.
0: Also looking at this, the positives coming out of yesterday that the province received its first positive bond rating report, that the, the credit rating has improved even just in the last couple of weeks. How does that bode uh, from the Chamber's perspective?
8: Oh, that is welcome news and something that we knew was so critical to getting Manitoba's fiscal house back in order. We had raised the alarm bells with the previous government about what we felt was really uncontrolled spending because we knew that should it remain, we were going to see those, those credit downgrades, the increasing cost of servicing the debt. So yesterday, the Premier's announcement really just is a validation of the concern and a validation of the path forward that's being taken to really bring things back to order. And I think the Premier made a very good point about saying we're not doing it through cutting, we're doing it through bending the spending curve. He did note that over the last two years, they've increased health care spending by $700 million. Uh, That's just by controlling the cost, the increases in health.
0: All right, Lauren Remillard joining us live this morning, President and CEO of the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce. Thank you very much for the time, sir. Thank you very much. And that's Lauren spelled L-O-R-E-N.
2: Not L-A-U-R-E-N, but I have had mine misspelled too. I, I wonder who gets the most... Lauren or Loren?
0: Well, let's just bring him back here for a second. Lauren, are you still there? Yes, I am. <laughs> so, did you hear Lauren Lorraine's question? <laughs>
8: see, I just did. I it. did. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a bold statement that my name is misspelled more often. I have friends that I've had for twenty years that still spe- spell it N E.
2: Oh, see, the, okay, I I get that because L O R E N isn't as common. But did they no. print? How often do you get it mispronounced? All the time. Mm, me too. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I'm mispronounced. Lauren is mispronounced way more. We can have this. We can duke it out at, at a later time, Lauren.
8: We have a very unique name, and, and I think that's a good thing.
1: I think you guys should commiserate over some eggnog over the Christmas <laughs> season. And yeah,
2: it. I'm, I'm putting it on side of my fitness plan and my economic plan for the all of December. So,
4: <laughs> all
2: right, thanks,
0: Lauren. Okay, Lauren joining us live on 680 CJOB. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, and the King. (laughs) I love this. King's going to Germany. Yeah, man. King
1: is there. Well, that's where he spent, right? When he was in the U.S. Army, he was in Germany. Here's the story keep your blue suede shoes. Behind the curb, the central German town where Elvis Presley was stationed as a U.S. soldier in the 1950s has installed three pedestrian lights with images of the American rock icon. The red shows an image of the singer striking a pose at a microphone, and the green depicts his trademark hip Swivel Dance. (laughs) They went online this week in the town of Friedberg, where Elvis, who died in 1977, in case you didn't know, was stationed at the, or maybe you don't believe, was stationed (laughs) at the U.S. Army's Ray Barracks from October 1958 to March 1960 and uh, lived nearby. Let's go
2: over this again. Red is when he's striking a pose. Yeah, he's just kind of
1: standing there, you know. And green is his
2: trademarked hip swivel dance. They all say move to me.
0: Yeah, that's like, kind of, I was sort of was wondering if it would be confusing. Yeah. Like, am I just, does it matter what color it is? Am I just supposed to dance or swagger my way well, across I just, the street? I
2: feel like if I saw this, I'd be like, I'm hitting the road, like a little less conversation, a lot more action. <laughs> just like, boom, I want to march to that song. No, in order to save
1: money, I printed this off in black and white. Yes, yeah, so you can't So tell. one is red and one is green, <laughs> just so you know. I know, but
2: I just think if you're giving me an Elvis, Elvis dancing, he doesn't want you to stand still, man.
1: You don't have to stand still, baby. you can <laughs> you can do whatever you like as you're waiting for the light to change.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so bad.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: well, well, I like it. I think we can bring the... Well, well, who in Winnipeg can we put on our lights? Dancing Gabe. Dancing Gabe would be a good one. Again, you'd want to move. You wouldn't stop. Did That's
0: you guys right. get Christmas cards, by the way? for yeah, I got this God, Dancing
1: Gabe, if I you're listening. I love his Thank Christmas you. cards. Makes, makes the Christmas season complete when you get a
0: when you get a card from Gabe. Yeah, I got mine yesterday afternoon, too. So thank you very much, Dancing and Gabe. And indeed, uh, Friedberg, north of Frankfurt, already has an Elvis Presley Platz, or Elvis Presley Square, and decided to add the three lights as an added attraction for the many Elvis fans it. who already make the pilgrimage. To the town. But yeah, so dancing Gabe. Oh, uh, that'd be
2: great. Uh who else do we have that we'd be like um I know Burton Cummings Burton would be Cummings? kind of a thing you could do. You'd sure. use his
1: mustache like that face, you know, the mustache that with says, him kind of that sad says don't and then walk walk of, for sure. Yeah, and then he's still. smiling or whatever. And with all these digital countdown pedestrian signs, you would think that you could do just about anything that you wanted there. Add a little bit of speakers and well, there you go. You've got a whole entertainment district thing happening. Or they could
2: do it in the entertainment district or in the exchange. Just so turn a, it to like icons of the It's actually a really cool a, idea.
1: icons Yeah.
0: What about the polar bears? Yeah. And you could have uh I don't know, you have one running and then you have one that's just kind of sitting. That I'm would be at I'm least more sure. under
2: I would I would follow that one more clearly. That would be good.
0: Yeah. And I mean that ties into what we're talking about in our next segment as well with Manitoba being honored for its uh, travel, being renowned around the world for its travel, particularly the attraction to the polar bears in Churchill, and uh, this is Winnipeg Zoo. So. Well,
1: as is usual, I think our listeners will do better at this than mm-hmm. we will. So seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Instead of Elvis, like they've done in Germany, who should we put on as icons as our stop go pedestrian lights?
0: here in the city yeah text us at 204-780-6868 would love to hear your feedback and we would also love for you to vote on the question of the day at cjob.com which is brought to you by mr furnace don't call them first you'll see why call mr furnace at 204-832-6243 what do you think of a sign posted by a saint boniface business that reads children left here will be eaten 92 percent say it's funny it's funny lighten up while 8% say, I'm outraged.
2: You two and your voices are really getting me this morning. The, mm. Was Elvis that bad? It was, it, was, it was that bad that it was that good.
0: Okay. So here's a text. Somebody says, put the 34th greatest Canadian of all time oh, I on guess. the list. Big Al Anderson. Why not?
6: Al Anderson. No. <laughs> what do you mean no? I don't know.
0: Just wasn't. She's just not approving.
2: I'm not approving of your voices you are this very, morning. very, very fussy judgy. today. I'm judgy.
0: Mackling McGarry McNabb on 680 CJOB and we've been talking lately about all the travel honors that Manitoba has been bestowed. This week it was Airbnb as well as Travel Lemming, both putting Winnipeg and Manitoba on their lists for 2019. In recent weeks, we heard from Lonely Planet. And Greg, someone from Travel Zoo reached out to you a couple weeks ago.
1: Yeah, well, this is a list I think that Manitobans and Winnipeggers would be interested in regardless because the headline for this list is the must-see destinations for Canadian travellers in 2019 that won't break the bank. So, yeah. being as fiscally conscious as we uh, have a reputation <laughs> to be in this part of the world, we would be interested in the this list, no matter what. But the fact that Winnipeg finds its way and Manitoba finds its way onto this list makes it doubly interesting. So, we've brought on to join us Susan Caddo. and uh, she, uh, where are we catching up to you today, Susan? Are you in Toronto today? Good morning.
9: I'm in Toronto, yes.
1: So thanks for taking some time with us. And South Korea, Romania, Ireland, some of the foreign destinations on this list, along with Colombia. But there's Manitoba right in between Colombia and Puerto Rico. Why Manitoba?
9: Well, I mean, it's it's funny because we weren't looking at the other list when we picked it. We just thought, you know, this is a destination that has incredible appeal. Um, we see it Travel to a lot of people looking at Iceland for the Northern Lights, and of course, you can you don't have to go to Iceland to watch the Northern Lights. They're they're visible, you know, up to 300 days a year from Manitoba. So that you know jumped onto our radar. And of course, you know the world famous scenery. A lot of people think, oh, if I want to go see incredible animals and I have to go on safari to Africa. No, you can you know, you can go to Churchill, Manitoba and uh, see polar bears and um, explore some of the most spectacular scenery in Canada, you know, and it's right on in in Canadians' backyards. It's reasonably priced. It's a great, you know, there's all these new hotels opening in Winnipeg. Winnipeg is like a culinary hotspot right now. There's just you know, so many reasons. And also um, budget airlines have really uh, made it easier and cheaper for Canadians to get to Manitoba. And also, of course, for people from Manitoba to, you know, uh, get all over the world. You mentioned a couple key words, I think, reasonably priced being
2: one of them. Mm -hmm. How much does that weigh in? Obviously, everyone wants to get there as cheap as possible, but that hasn't Really been easy until late in this country to go a lot of places for the same way you can in Europe, you know, on those cheaper airlines.
9: Mm-hmm. Well, now new low-cost airlines like Swoop and Flare, you know, they fly Edmonton, Hamilton. They're going to these kind of like smaller airports, like Hamilton versus Toronto. But you know, you can save you know a, a lot of money. Some you can get flights sometimes for less than fifty dollars each way. I mean, it's really it's very new in Canada to have uh, affordable airfare within Canada. Um, so we're, we were really excited about that fact.
0: Don't wanna. I don't want to sort of, I don't want to use the word frown, uh, but you mentioned Churchill. And now, as much as we'd all love to go to Churchill, it's actually not the, the cheapest trip to get up there, and at least in terms of if you want to go up there and take everything in. Um, so did, did you look into the, the cost of getting, like it's one thing to fly to Winnipeg for cheap, but then you want mm-hmm. to get up to Churchill and that's a different prospect.
9: No, I mean, it, it, it's no coincidence that I kind of mentioned the safari in that context, because, you know, it, it's, it's, it is one of these once-in-a-lifetime um, amazing trips that people would take, and I would compare it to, you know, going on safari to Africa or something. You are looking at a substantial investment, but, um, you know, you're, you're also going to get some of the most extraordinary experiences of your life. So, you know, obviously, when we made our list at Travel Zoo, we really took into account the fact that Canadians do have a weaker dollar. We don't have the same kind of flight. So our list, in contrast to other lists, really does. um, It's not just saying what's the hottest place to go to or the trendiest place. It's looking at where can Canadians get good deals.
1: Now, Susan, sometimes we crave this outside validation, but we also Mm -hmm. sometimes question it at the same Mm -hmm. time and, and wonder what's going on here. Why is Manitoba showing up? On these lists to the point where we've kind of asked the question, you know, like, are we writing checks to make sure mm. that this is happening? This is how insecure we are sometimes about our place in the world. But I want to really compliment Travel Zoo for bringing out the fact and highlighting the fact that winter is a great time to come here. Because as a community, it's just been in the last 10 years or so when we started to that we've started to embrace winter uh, as we do now.
9: Yeah, we were impressed by the Raw Almond Frozen River Fine Dining Festival, Um, and they're announcing the lineup of chefs for that next week, but it's kind of always world-class chefs, and this once-in-a-lifetime, you know, again, well, really exceptional experience of, you know, eating outside and and really making the most of winter, so instead of kind of rejecting or escaping winter, why not just, you know, embrace it, and Manitoba's a great place for that.
0: And actually, we just got a notice uh, about 20 minutes ago from Raw Almond that uh, more than 20 critically acclaimed chefs heading to Winnipeg for Raw Almond 2019 and we'll get details on that on Monday just looking at the 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 other parts of the list here not to sideswipe away from Manitoba but uh, uh, let's so let's look at Ireland for example what's the the draw there for travelers looking for a neat trip yeah
9: well, of course, it's always been a popular destination, but the arrival of discount airlines have made flights much more affordable. So, you know, there's Wow Air. Uh, if you're willing to go through Iceland, stop over in a hub, you can have this, you know, much cheaper flight, um or, or fly on, you know, KLM. Um, we liked Northern Ireland in 2019, you know, partly because the British pound is cheaper because of um, Brexit. But there's also an enormous increase in hotel rooms, like it's something like 47 percent more rooms in 2018. And, you know, the more rooms there are, the more vacancies there are, the the lower prices become overall. So, um, you know, it is quite affordable for people. And of course, Game of Thrones tourism is is it going to be a big draw? You know, as as the series wraps up, they're actually opening a lot of the filming sites as tourist attractions. So that's another reason to go this year.
0: That's exciting. And by for Game of Thrones fans, by the way, the season eight teaser. Debuted yesterday, no new footage, but it's still out there. I was very excited to see that. Um, <clears throat> Greg, you mentioned other things on the list here. Colombia. Colombia. What's in Colombia, Susan?
9: Well, people that you know maybe would have gone to Mexico or the Caribbean before, at TravelZoo, we found a lot of um, fantastic vacations to Colombia, like the kind of packages that you might once would have been going to Mexico or Cuba for. um, But now they are off to Colombia. It's affordable. It's kind of shaken off its negative image. And your dollar will go really far. Like there's a great exchange rate for Canadians right now.
2: What are people looking for? Like what's the one thing, like we talked about things being cheap or having that once in a lifetime adventure, but fundamentally Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, when everyone's going to book a trip, what's the majority of them basing their decision on?
9: I think, well... You know, working at Deal, I think a lot of people are looking for a great deal. And, you know, that's what we specialize in. And that's why people get really excited about our trips. But I think beyond a deal, they are looking for something that takes them outside of their everyday experience um, and exposes them. You know, Canadians are really curious about other parts of the world. So they're looking for exciting new cuisines. They're looking for friendly people and, and other cultures. And, of course, you know, Really, the perennial appeal of beaches and sunshine uh, really can't be underestimated when you come from Canada.
1: (laughs) So it's not just uh, Disneyland, Disney World, and uh, these typical destinations obviously will always do well. But people are more prepared and more willing, if not looking to spread their wings quite literally in terms of their travel experiences.
9: Absolutely. And I mean, we also have, you know, staycation opportunities right within Winnipeg. We have an offer right now for the Fairmont Winnipeg, and you'll save like 35% on your room. There's a complimentary upgrade. It's like $109 a night through March. So, you know... I think not everybody can travel all the time, but um, we put out a top 20 every week of the best deals. And it's it's like taking a little mini vacation. You can look at all the opportunities close to home and around the world and dream about, you know, getting off your couch and, and uh, taking off. So um, I, I just think it's it's it, it, now more than ever, people are really curious about seeing the world and, and, and learning. And, uh, you know, travel is, of course, the best way to do that.
0: All right, Susan Caddo, resident travel expert with Travel Zoo. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it very much. Thank you. Once again, Manitoba making the best bets list for Travel Zoo for 2019 alongside destinations like Ireland, Romania, South Korea, uh, Colombia, Puerto Rico, and actually. On the subject of of Colombia here, I'm just looking at the the write up here, and they talk about how this past year the new Hotel Las Ilas in Cartagena became part of the exclusive club of leading hotels of the world. And uh, on that subject of Car- that just it reminded me of something that happened uh, on Tom Milroy's show uh, back in. Uh, looks like this this was in the summer, I think. I'm just going to play a clip that from his show, which I then harvested into a promo. It's a promo basically of me being mean to Tom Milroy. I'm just pulling it up here. Hang on a second. It's, it's your net. You're,
2: you're, you're accountable.
0: Come okay, on. Okay, I have an audio demonstration for you. Okay. Based on something you were saying in the previous segment. Have a listen. Hola,
2: amigos. Hoy desde Cartagena.
0: Remember when you said Cartagena? Cartagena, Colombia. Yeah.
6: Cartagena. It's Cartagena, Cartagena. Course.
0: Boy, it sounded like an American there, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, they're going to Cartagena. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I don't think you played that enough. Can you play hey. one more time, please? Cartagena. <laughs> so, uh, I just think think of narcos when I think of Colombian yes. Cartagena.
2: Yeah, I do too. But yeah. it also makes me think of our lovely giveaway from September when you got to say
0: El Oh, what was it? El, El Castilla. C- Castilla. Come on. Castilla. Oh, yes. El Cid Castilla. <sighs> Yeah, I forgot about Mexico. that. How do I forget? I forget. Or that. already warmer already. My, just when Brett says that, the Duke's bre- coming off. What's that? The Duke is finally coming off. Oh, very good. We're going to El Cid Castilla, <laughs> where Loren does not need a Duke. I don't. The start
8: on demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.